welcome to Open House, a property podcast focusing on the Geelong market. I'm Damien Ratcliffe and each week Open House will bring you an expert with experience in this current Geelong market to help you make your next property purchase, sometimes to sell. But our next guest, Damien Fletcher from Maverick Property, a buyer's agent born and bred in Geelong, can hopefully help you find your next home. Damo, welcome to Open House. Thanks, Samo. Thanks very much for having me. I understand Maverick Property is a fairly new startup, but you've been in the property game for a long time as an investor? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, I've been investing in property for over a decade, and um, yeah, Maverick Property Consultants is just born from that um, passion and yeah, love of property that um, yeah, I want to sort of help other people if I can. Sure. How'd you get into it? Buying a first house or? Um, actually, brought a block of land when I was 19. Um, and um, from there, yeah, just uh, sort of followed on, just using equity and, um, yeah, just releasing equity and yeah, purchasing again. So um, that's been a good process. It's been a good journey. And, um, you know, it's a it's an asset class that's um, sort of really set me and my family up. We've got a young one now. So, yeah, it's brilliant. Love the asset class. Sure. So grew up in Geelong. Can you tell us where you bought the block of land? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I brought in Warren Ponds and this was before um, Epworth. It was, be- well, it wasn't, Deacon was there, but... Um, it was before the redevelopment of the shopping centre, before the train station, and um, you know, really, it was. I fluked it. It was Dad's guidance, I suppose. But um, you know, because it's value, you know, it's gone well up over a hundred percent of what um, you know the initial investment was. So, what year was that? That was two thousand and nine. Yep, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Cool. Yeah, so that was um, that was really what started it, and um, yeah, a little layoff for a little bit there, and then. Um, sort of, I suppose, got a little bit more educated and thought, you know, we're going to have to roll the dice again here. And, um, yeah, so it's been good since. What was the intention when you when you first bought it? Um, really, the intention was just the, the whole negative gearing um, aspect, you know, and, and that was probably where Dad's come from as well. And, and you know, I, there's, a, there's a lot of great um, sense behind that, and I love it, but um, I think now, you know, the, the more education you, you gather and obtain, you know, I... I think there's other ways to do it as well. You know, I really love the um, positive cash flow stuff and, and they're, they're difficult to find, but, um, you know, I suppose I've been lucky enough to, having been there for a little while, I've been able to get a few positive cash flow properties and, um, yeah, but there's, there's certainly still some around, but, um, yeah, that's uh, another aspect. And everyone's different, you know. There's there's those that say, you know, four or five good ones or three to five good ones, that's all you need, and, and that's true too, but, um, you yeah, know, just having, having a little bit of extra cash flow whilst... Um, be young is quite nice as well, you know, to enjoy life as well. So there's got to be a balance. Yeah, yeah one of those misses, the positive cash flow properties probably don't have the capital gains that the negative ones do, but is that something that's been a trend that's been bucked with the Geelong market? Or um, Yeah, I think so. I mean, you look at your Carayos, Whittingtons, North Lanes, um, certainly they've got good cash flow as well. Um, I mean, that's slowing down with some of the growth, you know, in terms of... Um, the yield versus property value, but yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, traditionally there's not as much growth versus yield traditionally, but you know, there, there, there are there are some cases. I mean, we've got a place in Warren Ponds as well, which um, I suppose, you know, there, there's that theory of time in the market, not timing the market, but yep. you know, like we were fortunate enough to probably time that market as well. and. And now we've had some time in it, and um, and we'll continue to do so. But you know, another cash flow property. So, um, yeah, it, traditionally, you know, it's it's um, it's one or the other, isn't it? But um, if you can find that balance, you know, some people go with um, two solid growth properties and one cash flow king, and you know, it just balances it. 
Sure. So yeah, you studied in a different field and chased a different career and, and then made the decision to jump full-time into property? Yeah, so I um, so I studied um, to be a registered nurse uh, straight out of school and out of Joey's, um, out of Joey's, yeah, yeah, the um, the football football factory, but um, unfortunately, <laughs> I wasn't good enough to uh, go there. Uh, you know, AFL, but um, no, yeah. So got into nursing, and um, I worked uh, yeah in the, the hospital here at Geelong, and then got into the um, aged care system and worked as a clinical manager, and um, and that's it's all been really great. I've been able to you know, do a lot of great things, but um, no, you know, it's just chasing that passion, that dream, and um, yeah, hopefully, you can make a living out of it. Sure. There's obviously, plenty of jobs in the industry you could have gone into as a real estate agent, but maybe buying the property is the, the passion, not selling them? Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, so i a licensed real estate, oh, I've got my real estate license, so yeah, I can sell or buy property, but um, I think uh, I've always just had that, um, I don't know, something with inside me that just you want to help people. I suppose um, estate agents are helping vendors as well, aren't they? But yeah. I don't know, I just like the idea of the underdog, you know. <laughs> It's all sort of up against the buyers at times, so yeah, just want to want to help the buyers. Bit more yeah. of an adrenaline kick going to auctions and buying. Yeah, houses. absolutely, because you're on the other side, you know, and you're bidding for them, and um, yeah, it's a real thrill. So yeah, or some people that might be new to the property game might not know what a buyer's agent is. So tell us what that job entails. Yeah, so I'll say um, a buyer's agent, buyer's advocate. There's you know um, a couple of different names I suppose for them, but they are licensed real estate agents, or yeah. They can buy and sell property, but yeah, they buy property for clients. So um, yeah, they're, they're sort of like consultants or um, they're problem solvers. Um, you know, a lot of people are short on time these days. Um, you know, the the young professional couples that, um, you know, they're just working Monday to Friday, nine to five, and you know, their weekends are their time. And um, you know, as a buyer's advocate or a buyer's agent, you know, the goal is to give them back that time. You know, we'll conduct the research, um, We'll spend the hours on, you know, the, the, the platforms like CoreLogic or realestate.com, Domain. Uh, we'll go to the open homes and then, you know, we'll do the due diligence as well. We'll organise the conveyances. Um, yeah, just put them in contact with all those people. So just trying to solve problems. Um, you know, the idea is as well to, to get the best price possible as well, but it's it's also about getting the fairest price, um, you know, so that's another good win for the buyer as well, saving money. Um, some people... You know, get sick of dealing with real estate agents. It's it's hard to you know create that rapport and create that trust. They don't know whose side they're on, and um, you know I, I do try and encourage my clients to remember that the real estate agent, although they they are good people, but they do have a fiduciary responsibility to the vendor. Mm. Um, they work for the vendor, so you know it's about creating some representation for the for the buyer. And um, the other thing I suppose is the emotional side of things as well. Um, it's such a big purchase that um, that can sort of cloud your judgment and um, your mind sometimes. So often, uh, yeah, the, the auction bidding um, that can be a bit of a, bit of a hazard. Um, so we just try and yeah keep it level headed um, and sort of take that off their hands as well, just to make it a bit of an easier, smooth process and ensure that um, you know we're not overpaying because of the emotion. Sure. Generally, you're getting, say, a young couple or, or a family looking to buy a home to live in, or are you getting someone saying, look, I've got some surplus cash looking to buy an investment property, or a bit of both, I guess? But um, Yeah, look, working towards a bit of both at this stage, I haven't really had the um, investors that have been knocking on the door, but it's, um, yeah, sort of late, late 20s, 
thirties uh, that are sort of you know they're on the socials. I'm trying to really create that brand awareness through the socials and yeah, getting people um, in those age brackets that are coming to me. But um, you know, I'm sort of marketing myself or attempting to market myself to you know a, a nice wide um, group of people or age demographics. So um, certainly think um, you know there's there's room to help yeah people of all ages, first home buyers in their young twenties or young thirties whatever it may be that, um, you know, haven't been through the process before that are, you know, um, I suppose in uncharted territory or uneducated, you know, certainly try and help them as well. So, yeah, it's a, um, at this stage, it's more the owner-occupier side of things, but yep. um, there's definitely, you know, we've got all the research, all the um, platforms that can assist us to identify good investing areas as well. Sure. What sort of questions are you asking them? Obviously, what budget they've got, yeah. you're going into, you know, the income they're making, the types of houses they're looking for, are they, most people pretty flexible or pretty, you know, they've got their mind set on, you know, three bedroom, two bathroom, yeah, in a good location, you're Absolutely. looking at all locations, talk yeah, us through look, the process, yeah. I suppose initial, the initial consultation, so just trying to work out whether or not we're the right fit for one another. Um, you know, do they require a buyer's agent service? Um, and just being honest and upfront, if, if they don't, you know, I'm going to tell them. Um, but I suppose from there, we'll look at um, trying to, you know, sort out finances, their borrowing capacity. Um, ultimately, if we don't have to, we don't want to go to their absolute limit. Um, but then, yeah, really fine-tuning their, their, their prerequisites. Um, which suburb do they like? Have they got a B suburb and a C suburb? Because, you know, you've got your Geelong West, which are, um, you know, the premiums, or your Newtown, which are the premiums. But you've got your... Your Hamlin Heights, which are just around the corner, which, um, you know, it's a little bit more affordable to get into. So, yeah, trying to work out, um, yeah, their fine-tuning their, their um, wishes, I suppose. Um, yeah, what size house they're after, um, you know, yards, things like that, any accessories they want in the house. Um, and then I can take that away. And then it's just really hours on, you know, those platforms to try and find those houses, um, you know, the maintain relationships with the real estate agents as well, which is really important because they often send off-market opportunities, which I can then just send out to my network and see if sure. there's any interested buyers. So. Are you basically going on where people want to live or are you also talking to them about where the capital growth is and, and the smart smart places to buy? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I suppose one of the other things we'll do uh, is look at um, state and federal you know, budget and infrastructure planning, things like that. And then, you know, with that knowledge, try and educate them on what certain things might be around the corner, um, why it might be best to go in this area, but also give them, um, you know, recent statistics as well on uh, market growth and, you know, potentially projected growth as well, um, because that's the other thing as well. You know, I spoke uh, recently on my socials just about the stepping stone properties that, um, you know, our first home doesn't always have to be our dream home, you know. If we create these stepping stone properties, you can get a bit of growth, access a bit of equity, and then, you know, get a, a say a bigger or a nicer house next time, and so on. So, yeah, um, yeah, those those growth factors are pretty important as well for right. um, you know clients to look for. Where would you look if someone came to you saying five hundred, six hundred thousand, want to take advantage of um, or no stamp duty and get on the stepping stone? What are some of the suburbs you, you see growth in over the next few years? Yeah, look, I still think there's, um, you know, some significant growth um, in Armstrong Creek, Leopold, those outer ring suburbs. 
Um, if it's lifestyle factors they're looking for, um, something close to those Geelong Wests, those Newtown areas off the back. So you've still got good, good buying opportunities in Heighton, which is right onto the freeway, um, reasonably close to the Warm Ponds train station as well. So, um, you know, if you're working in the city. Um, and then, as mentioned, you know, there's the Hamlet Heights, there's the Bell Parks, um, which are still close, but they've got great access to the freeway. So there's still great, you know, growth potential there. Um, you know, I was having a look uh, online, and statistics saying that, um, you know, Geelong has been the best performer over the last 12 months, something like 9%, 9.1% for houses. And, you know, I still, still think there's probably significant growth to come in the sing, sing, single digits, sorry, for, for most places, but, you know, some of those outer ring suburbs, there could still be potentially a double-digit growth over the next 12 months. Sure. Uh, what, yeah. what are the houses that you see are performing well in the market at the moment? Um, the three and four bedders are pretty good, you know, um, although I think statistically there's 2.6 people per house uh, in Australia, which is, um, you know, pretty amazing that there's vacant rooms, I suppose, but, but that's the way we live. Um, but, yeah, those three and four bedders uh, perform really well. Um, those people from Melbourne, they, they want to buy those three, four bedrooms so their family can come and, and stay, I guess. That's the other thing too, isn't it? Yeah, because I think that's been um, one of the main factors in our, in our growth, you know, the white collar working and stuff like that, that the industries that have come down with WorkSafe and NDIS and TAC a few years ago. But yeah, yeah, having a room for people to stay as well, that's important. But um, yeah, no, they perform well. Um, and plus, you know, Young families are, you know, getting into those three or four bedders and then they're planning on having one or two children, you know, so they fill the house up, I suppose, reasonably quickly. But What about those sort of Federation-style homes versus the modern renovated homes? Are both of them sort of performing well or can you draw a line or a trend through either of those categories? Uh, look, I mean, the Federation homes, they just hold their value and they're just real steady. Um, the modern renovated homes... Um, I mean, they go really well as as, as well, but, um, you know, those federation homes, they've got sort of, I suppose, location on their side more often than not. You know, yeah. they're closer to the, the heart of the city. Um, some of those modern renovated homes um, can sort of be on the outskirts. You see some of the old heightened homes that have been turned over and look fantastic. Yeah. Um, I suppose some of the federation homes as well uh, in, in close to the city get renovated and look pretty magnificent as well. So, yeah, much of a muchness, but they certainly... Um, they hold their growth anyway. Sure. How many how many properties you're looking at a week, or what does your normal week generally look like? Um, look, it's pretty hectic. So it's a, at the moment, it's really been a lot of networking, uh, relationship building, um, and just meeting, coffees, talking to people, um, which has been really great. I enjoy that. Uh, a lot of time spent on on those platforms, just researching properties, researching the market. You know, just trying to create content as well for people to um, to look at and. And hopefully um, provide some education to potential buyers as well. What statistics you're looking at, or what do you think are the big statistics? Population growth, uh, wage yeah. growth, uh, days on market, auction clearance rates. Yeah, look, days on market are really important. It helps with the negotiating. Um, vendor discounts, if there's yep. been any changes in price over, say, six or eight week um, period that it's been on market, it's important as well. But yeah, comparable sales, obviously. Um, the other thing I like to do is. Uh, try and get out to any neighbours, you know, that are next door to the one that's selling, and see if they've got any um, reasons why, you know, it might be priced the way it is. If it's uh, street volume, or if it's a bit of a ratty neighbourhood, or something perhaps. Yep. Um, and then, you know, just talking to those agents that are selling those properties, 
trying to see if there's any factors why they might want a quick sale or something that might suit um, talking to you know those comparable sales the agents that sold those if there was potentially a reason why it sold for the price it did as well yep. so sometimes um, you know divorce sale or something like that or a distress sale maybe that's why it went quick and cheap um, so just trying to educate the clients as well that uh, it went for that price for this reason this one here won't go for that price for yeah, okay. this reason you know like um, just so we make sure that there's we understand what the fair price is but um, ideally we get a better price than the fair price but it's not always the case if there's multiple buyers that are bidding or that are in, interested, I suppose. Sure. Obviously, said active on social media, Instagram, Maverick Property. Uh, you post uh, some, you know, your pick of the week. Your, um, yeah, I love that. Pick of mil- the day. Million dollar houses that you get to go through. Generally, do you have many buyers looking for those sort of houses or is um, that, is that more of a no, social that's, experiment? Um, that's probably just, um, I don't know. I don't, I um, yeah, I spoke to a, another, uh, I suppose, a friend or a colleague. Um, we did a bit of training together, and yeah, we both thought it was a great idea. But um, no, I don't have any buyers on the on the list. Just looking for those ones yet. But um, I do love going through them. Um, yeah, some of the modern architecture and stuff it just blows my mind. You know, I suppose um, that's what I really enjoy as well. So yeah, sure. All right, I might hit a couple of suburbs at you. Um, East Geelong, close to my heart. We just bought there. What were your thoughts on that. East Geelong? Yeah, look, it's a mainstay. It's similar to um, Geelong West. Um, they just perform really well. And, yeah, you know, it's the location. It's proximity. Um, you've got the amenities close by, the hospitals, the shopping, um, cafes, restaurants. You know, it's a bit of a... Um, it's really, like, a gentrified, I suppose, as they say. You know, it's a really sort of poppy area to be. Um, and there's probably more youth sort of moving into those areas as well, so... Yeah, it's a nice spot. Sure. What about Belmont? Um, and I guess there's different pockets of Belmont. Yeah, Belmont's a great one because it's got a lot of opportunities for developers and investors there as well. So um, some large blocks there as well. Uh, when they go on the market, you know, um, more often than not, they'll go with maybe some sort of council planning in place um, to subdivide the blocks. Or um, so yeah, some great opportunities there. Um, and it's and it's had some good good growth as well and you spoke about some of those um renovators previously i mean some of the people that get in there and renovate them and sell them you know look brilliant inside so yeah walking distance to high street's important yeah yeah again you know and um great access to the public transport with the buses that just go up and down there and yeah um you know great access to the university as well i suppose so and um you know, if you're if you're an athlete it's perfect for the Bowen River just run around that right around that yeah what about Grovedale? Yeah, it's like um, Warren Ponds' little brother or little sister, um, but performs pretty well as well. It's 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 steady. Um, Warren Prop, well, like I mean, personally, just having a place there. I mean, I, I feel Warren Ponds gets all the accolades, but um, yeah, Grovedale performs pretty well. Um, yeah, and again, it's it's close to you know the train station, the freeway, the universities. So, um, yeah, it'll it'll continue to do well, I think, and it's just um, you know, just under the median house price of Geelong, I suppose, which is you know, I think it was five hundred and eighty four at the end of two thousand eighteen. So, you know, Grove Day, you can still get properties in between four hundred and five hundred thousand and um, just over five hundred as well. So yeah, affordability, you know, it's a good one. And just back on the Carriers and Norlanes and Whittingtons, the ones that have actually. You know, been some of the best performers mm-hmm. in the country with capital growth yep. um, because probably because they were at such a low base for such yeah, a long time and, 
and eventually that outer ring's got a stretch and you know Corral yep. and North Lane are along the train line too. Yep. Um, are those days done as far as the short-term capital growth? You have to sort of buy their f- thinking long-term. Can investors still go in there? Or I still think there's good yield opportunities there, but I mean, you know, some of those suburbs had like 17, 18, 20% growth, yeah. which was just incredible, which is fantastic. You know, they're, and they've sort of released some more land in Karaya there right next to the freeway, so... Um, Lovely Banks has got a nicer name to it. Yeah, it certainly does. <laughs> But no, there's. I mean, there's still going to be growth there. It could potentially get to double digits, I, I think. But um, you know, it's the same as some of those suburbs in the Gippsland area, like your your Mullies, Trafalgar's, Trelgans, and stuff. They've had significant growth in Ballarat's Bendigo. So just those regional areas that um, you know people are more willing to sort of access now. But yeah, as you say, the the northern boundaries, I suppose, are they're stretching, and you've got the little northern hospital that's going in there with through Barwon Health and. Yep. Um, you know, there's a lot of work being created out there. So probably got to factor in if you are buying in those areas to to rent them out. That you might not get the um, the ideal tenants that you're after. Um, yeah. If if you are after those ideal tenants, you're probably better off looking in your your Belmonts or your Heightons or your Geelong West yeah. if you can afford it. Yeah, that's it. I suppose um, that was one thing that I found really intriguing about you know um, the investors that really um, pumped. Norlane, Corio and Whittington and Newcombe, I suppose, you know, those lower socioeconomic areas. I mean, growing up here, um, you know it, I suppose, off the back of your hand, you know those areas. And But, um, you know, I suppose for the best part, like, they, they get their, um, you know, your, your landlord's insurance, you know, always have a property manager and things like that. And, you know, hopefully 99 times out of 100, you're pretty secure, but... I reckon Newcombe's a great area because you, you're literally talking the suburb out from East Geelong. I know. Right? And it's not going to be long before those people can't afford East Geelong and they've probably got to push over to Newcombe. And That's right. Some nice houses, you know, those older houses being renovated turned into some nice houses in Newcombe. Yeah, and some developments as well with units and stuff as well on large blocks, three or four units um, near the secondary school there. And Yeah, look, I agree. I mean, that's the way it goes, isn't it? So, yeah. What about, are you looking in the Ballerine too with your clients? Yeah, look, I'm uh, attempting to get down. I haven't, um, I've been liaising with some of the agents online and um, via email and phone and stuff, but I want to get down there and have a look at some of the um, properties and yeah, see if we can't get a few clients um, and get them purchasing down there. Yeah, right. Same as a surf course. Right, many clients from, from Melbourne that don't know the market as well that, or, or, I guess it's a great chance for you to give yourself a plug, but if there are people from Melbourne that are looking to invest, why not? A buyer's agent that grew up in the area and knows the suburbs as opposed to maybe a buyer's agent in Melbourne that's probably not all over and doesn't, yeah. you know, isn't building those relationships on a daily basis. Absolutely. No, that's, um, look, with our advertising online and stuff, we're really trying to um, push that as well with the Melbourne buyers. But um, that's it, you know, as a, as a local boy born and bred, you know, the little streets, you know, the great cafes, you know, the great restaurants and um, the great places to be. So, you know, you can really help um, those interstate or, or city migrants that are coming down and, and don't really know the area. So, yeah, hopefully um, we see uh, a bit more of an influx on the client list with those, but um, we'll certainly plug it here and um, plug it online as well. What about your personal portfolio? I won't go into too much depth, but do you see this is a year where you might be able to add to your portfolio? Yeah, we're looking at the moment. So, um, it uh, surprisingly enough, we've been chasing, I suppose, cash flow properties, but then cash flow become an issue with the, the you know, lending space and stuff as a lot of people are 
you know, having trouble with it, with the wife going on maternity leave, it become a bit of a problem, but she's going back to work now, and um, <laughs> which is lovely. And, yeah, so we're looking to buy in 2019. Um, if... If luck goes our way, we can get a couple. I'd be stoked, but um, yeah. look, we start at one. Yeah. Do you recommend people, you know, buy and live in a house for two years, and then can they turn that house into an investment property? What are your sort of yeah, suggestions absolutely. there? I did that with um, with my first one, and um, yeah, it worked out fine. Look, as it was back then for the um, first homeowners grant, you did have to live in in it for a period of time. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely something you can do. Something you have to speak to your um, lender about as well. But um, if you could access money in that potentially and then roll that into the next property that you then go and live in and then that's invested. I'm, you'd have to obviously discuss that with your um, mortgage broker. Yeah, we're not financial finan- professional. <laughs> we're <please>. not financial <laughs> advisors, but we no. both listen to uh, the Property Couch, which is a great yeah, great, guys. great, great um, podcast and you know, some of their advice is if, if that's the plan you got, park your money in an offset account so the government can't you know, take 30% of the interest that you've got in a, a yeah. savings account. and. Yep. Um, yeah, it's probably one mistake I made when I decided that I was going to move out of my first property and buy a second one. I didn't have that money parked in an offset account. So um, that's a, a little tip there. But like, as we said, get professional financial Seek advice. Professional advice. Any uh, any crystal ball predictions for 2019? Um, I mean, look, obviously there was a write-up in the paper the other day about Leopold, and I'd have to agree with that. But certainly still significant growth to follow in the Geelong region. Um yeah, I mean, the media paints a pretty bleak picture for property, but um, I wouldn't believe everything you read um, or see on the news. Um, you know, there's markets within markets, which, um, you know, a lot of people discuss. And, yeah, I think we're still going to see some good growth down in Geelong. How big is a train line going to be? A 35-minute train commute from Geelong to Melbourne might be the thing that just... That'll be huge. Booms Geelong That'd property. Huge. That'll be huge for all the regional areas as well. Um, you know, they're talking about Cherelgan and, yeah, Bendigo and other Warnable, Geelong, um, that'd just be, that'd be off the charts. I'd love to see it. I hope we do see it. For sure. Mm. Uh, any auctions you're heading to um, over the next few weeks? Any you got your eye on, or any any extreme performances you've seen over the over the uh, summer? Um, no, I'm actually heading off to Hawaii tomorrow. So <laughs> I'm, I'm spewing. I, I I really enjoy you know my sad days at opens and and auctions, but um, no, look. Um, I don't have my eye on any at the moment. I, I love seeing what the guys at McGrath do and uh, curing out at um, Berry Plant. Um, yep. They're really good operators. Yeah, they're really good showmen, you know, on the day. So, um, no, but I'll be uh, getting back and getting right back into it. Okay, we'll keep an eye on Insta for your, your holiday picks and maybe yeah, some houses in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've actually thought about going and uh, interviewing a state agent over there. So, stay tuned, mate. Oh, hopefully the podcast is out then. You can hit download and listen to it on the plane back. Damo, I appreciate your time. Thanks for tuning in to Open House. We've got more coming your way. Give us a follow on Instagram at Open House Podcast and on Facebook. And please remember, all advice is general in nature. If you are looking to purchase a home or sell a home, please seek professional advice.